Welcome to the Effects Loop. I'm Diaz. I'm Chris. I'm Marissa. I'm Scott. We're keeping you in the loop of the guitar community. This episode is brought to you by Stringjoy. Um, they bring you joy with your strings. It's great. So uh, if you haven't checked it out, we had Scott, the uh, head honcho over there, on um, last week, actually. Uh, so two weeks ago. Two week- was it two weeks ago? Uh, it was episode 20. Yeah. So if you listen to, they said, it was a few weeks ago. Um <laughs> But he talks a lot about Stringjoy and what they're about. But uh, def- definitely go check them out. Uh, I just actually got in some uh, sets with a Wound G, which I've never tried before, which was actually a big, kind of a different beast than I was expecting. Um, but it's a really good company. You can email them and, and chat with them and see what will work for you, and they'll get a set headed out your way. So um, if you go check them out at Stringjoy.com, uh, they've got a YouTube. Scott does a lot of explaining about certain things on there. Um, I'm sure you've seen them on Facebook. So go check them out. And uh, if they got a comment section, let them know that you came there because of us. Know that, you know, them sponsoring us is, is helping them out. So um, let's, we'll move on to what's new. So, Chris, what do you got? Uh, I got a couple of things this week. I got a Shure SM7B, which I'm actually using now. <laughs> For the app. Uh, so far, it's been good. I think Marissa's used it a little more than me this week. Did you actually streamed like the day we got it? So, yep. um, I listened to it while I was at work. So, it seems like it's doing a pretty good job. I was a little like iffy of if it would like really work the hype and all that, but so far, so good. And then I got. The Hotone Britwind, it's one of their new, uh, like, pedal board amps, so it's, like, a pedal that's an amp, and it's got their Fox in a box and Marshall in a box kind of amps in it, and so far, it's been pretty fun, too, and it's going to be nice not actually having to carry an amp head around, and I could just take that, because it has a DI out, and if I really wanted to drag a cab, I could. Does it do a speaker sim? Yes. Nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I plugged that into my interface like late night just to see like how well it did and actually sounded pretty fair through there, I think. That's cool. Marissa, what do you got that's new? Nothing. It's my big what's news for next week. Oh, you got something new coming next week? I guess kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I get a year older. Oh, yeah. Wait, am I supposed to know? We were talking about it in our, like, group chat today. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I I haven't been paying much attention to anything really so oh well i think every, everyone who's listening to this should go into our facebook group and pay close attention to what day it is 
and wish her a happy birthday when it hits. Yep. Even though it'll be a day after. Hmm. Okay. I mean, you can just spoil her fun, Chris. Just try and do something nice for Marissa. Oh. Gosh. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Scott, what did you, uh, what do you got new this week? Uh, I didn't get anything guitar related this week but you got that I, did mic stand. Get, I did i'm using it right now i'm actually this is a really it's working pretty well um i got i finally like admitted that i use my mic constantly and instead of having like a temporary mic stand kind of just set up in my house i got one of the like the tabletop boom extension arms so it's a little more permanently installed at my workstation here um but the other thing i, I posted on an instagram group a what's in the box moment um and that was a novation launch key 61 keyboard so i actually am picking back up piano and uh getting more into like i've been doing a lot of this ableton production work and so i was like you know what it's time to get a proper midi controller instead of just scribbling everything out and so i'm brushing up on that skill of an instrument i haven't played in 15 years that's cool yeah i am rusty <laughs> yeah I'm very rusty ah Diaz, what's new huh? with you man um i got the strings in and you get them on yet i think that's it i got a knob from keely for my compressor nice i lost a knob on it but nothing big happened this week i worked uh like I don't know, 14 days in a row. So I kind of went on a Facebook hiatus and uh, that was pretty cool. I muted our group chat and everything. I kind of went off, not completely off grid, but I kind of, I was working so much and all that and just Facebook, people are just being people. So I took a break and pretty much it. So like I, a lot of this, what's new, like it really is new to me too. Like I didn't know, I saw the box on our Instagram but uh, I didn't know what was in it, so. Pretty much yeah. what's going on with me. I, uh, I'm i supposed to be picking up some pedals this week. Uh, the guy I got that uh, Valton or Valatin pedal from, I bought a few more and we're kind of hooking up and making a deal. So hopefully I'll have some cool what's news next week, so. Okay, quick side topic with the Valatin stuff. I noticed some exchange on our Instagram with them. Do they do pedal toppers? Wait, do they do what? Right? I couldn't hear you. They do like the, it's not a barefoot button. It's, oh, the pedal toppers. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to like see, you know, when they were going to start selling and everything. So I'd like to get some and, and try it out. So Yeah, they looked a lot like the uh, like the Amazon ones I picked up a few weeks ago. Yeah, they, they kind of, you know... Uh, barefoot buttons they have i love the barefoot buttons one um the ones that you got scott i don't kind of like because they're just kind of flat yeah they they don't they're not domed they're just flat across the top but uh what i do really like about them um is that they're about two-thirds the size of a barefoot button yeah so on like i've got them on like my 50 50 my tonal recall and like my flat light mm-hmm uh, where you've got a single, you know, single enclosure size, but you got dual buttons on it. It's really nice for that because, like, 
a barefoot button next to a barefoot button on that size like they're they gonna be practically hit. touching yeah yeah um so sometimes you're covering up the led or you know those kind of things so but typically a barefoot button is a much higher quality than the amazon ones that i have yeah they're i i always like the barefoot buttons uh there you know i only had an issue like one or once with them and that's because when i had them on a strymon pedal they didn't work that well um oh did you have the wrong type of barefoot button because there's like two sizes no no i had the v1 was supposed to work with them because they're okay. they're normal size pedals there but they were like it was weird because like i went to tap in a tempo with a barefoot button on didn't mm -hmm. tap correctly like the the and like i would press it and sometimes it wouldn't like make full contact so it was just kind of weird oh uh yeah you had them on too deep yeah and so it was like it was like the barefoot bot button would bottom out before the switch would fully go down yeah like and i tried putting paper in the barefoot button and like trying to yeah. like adjust it and it didn't it still didn't work that well so um, yeah a, a, a little piece of electrical tape is what i did on mm -hmm. um, the one pedal i had a problem with on that but now uh i should hopefully i get those pedals this week and have a little bit of fun with them so uh let's see let's move on to gear news so um eastwood came out with a classic hbtl um it's been i i hopped on facebook a couple times i like i just jump on and check notifications make sure nothing crazy was going on i think chris and, uh, and i both tagged you in posts that involved us didn't we yeah um so they're doing and they're doing the norm they're doing the normal colors there are three of the normal colors that were offered um they're doing kind of a pelham blue they're doing a red and the gold the only other color that they offered in it the uh girl the black i think they might have had like a purplish one i think i've seen it but i think that was only for girl that wasn't a model that they Put okay, out. I think we I think we skipped over what this is. Yeah, yeah, we did. What so do you let's, mean? Let's oh. back this up just a just a hair here. Uh, it's the so Dave, Eastwood. It's 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 the Trini Lopez guitar. It's a, it's definitely a take on a Trini Lopez look. It's like besides for the horns. I mean that's that's the Trini Lopez. Um, the Trini Lopez actual signature model had a trapeze bridge. Um, this has a hardtail with uh, um, more towards the Dave Grohl style. Uh, the mm -hmm. the it's a little bit wider if you were like standing it up looking at it. Um, the horns are a little bit fuller. The word I'm looking for less um, Mickey Mousey. Yeah, but it's the cool thing about it is is in I. Uh, <sighs> Leon Wright from Pelican Noiseworks is a huge Dave Grohl fan as well. He has a DG335, um, which is the Dave Grohl signature. He's got a black one, and I lust over it. It's beautiful. Um, but these guitars, uh, Gibson never really put out a solid line of them. Um, they put out limited editions, and those guitars have skyrocketed in price. I think they've like doubled in price pretty much. Like you see them going for six, seven thousand dollars. Uh, this one right here is right around what the six seven hundred dollar mark. It's um, yeah, it's uh, so what's interesting about this, and I I never really realized this. This is from the Eastwood Custom Shop. It looks like they kind of run off like a Kickstarter model, 
Yeah, where... they've done that for a while now. Um, if they want to do, like, yeah, oh yeah. Um, if they want to do, uh, it's a custom shop. It's usually a limited run, or it's enough to get the line going. They do, and they mm-hmm. kind of do it on their own thing. Um, so. They, so uh, you have to put down a hundred fifty dollar deposit now. And it looks like they're doing like December 2018s when they're looking to deliver all this. Um, and at that point, I think you owe another $500 plus shipping. Yeah. So uh, my birthday's in September, guys, and Christmas is coming up. So if you wanted to buy me one, I wouldn't be upset. Diaz, um, I will give you $5 towards one. Yes. I'm one one hundredth of, well, one one hundred fiftieth of the way there. Um. Mm-hmm. But the it looks like they're doing left-handed as well. Yeah, which I is really that cool. Too. I think Eastwood's really good about doing left. So does Eastwood use World Music Company? That, I don't know what that is. So I That's who you. makes uh, a bunch like Chapman and like. Uh, I don't know who it, they it's, use. It's one of the Far East factories. Like I, I, that's what I kind of figured is like they need to they need to have enough interest to make it worth doing. So like there's a minimal mortar or whatever, and that doesn't matter like what the colors are, but the shape matters or whatever. Um, and so they have to gauge enough interest to that. I, I think it's a cool model. Yeah, it's great looking. They even have to the um, uh, Firebird headstock is <coughs> got to have the Firebird headstock to look. Yeah. So do do you find it interesting that the red one? is a normal f-hole it's not the diamond f-holes i didn't like catch the gold that and the blue hold one. on hold on it's uh, got no, a pick no. card oh hold on problems i clicked the wrong link started watching <laughs> stewart mad tv <laughs> so it, I, I sent you that link <laughs> yeah yeah check you guys can check out the pre-app and and maybe hear about that. Um, oh gosh, I'm afraid to get back into it. I'm in hostage mode. Um, uh, but no, I didn't notice that. But that is kind of weird that they do normal F pull on that. Is that more closer to what the Trini Lopez was? No, Trini Lopez was the diamond out. Yeah. That's so. Thought. Pretty much the different, the main difference between the Trini Lopez and the Dave Grohl is bridge. There's no trapeze bridge. Okay. Are, are the humbuckers different? Well, I'm sure the they are. I'm sure they're more towards, I'm sure Dave Grohl's are more hotter. Um, I don't know which uh, they had in them. Let's see. My gosh. Uh, that's no, these are cool. All these see that's and that's the thing too. Find these. Um they uh the people make copies, but they're they put the Gibson logo on them and it's you know, that's, that's just less okay wrong in my opinion. So Yeah. Yeah, these I mean at six fifty, this seems like a really good deal if these are good players. I yeah. Well, I and I've to... heard a lot of people love their Eastwood guitars, so I'm sure yeah. uh, I'm sure Michael Newman's probably going to order one. Uh, I want to. I don't have the money to, but I might, if I sell some stuff, I might order one. 
My wife just said no, so I guess I'm not. <laughs> I mean, you could realistically sell two pedals. Yeah, I could sell a couple pedals. I could sell pretty much the guitars I had put up would cover the price. Or the pedals I have put up for sale would cover the price. Let's see. I guess that's, uh, that's pretty much all we got to say about that, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Chris, why don't you tell us about the Stuart Stowaway Travel Guitar? Uh, well, it's a strap-styled. Um, that's the main thing about this. Like you said, it was a uh, travel guitar, but instead of it being like just small or like folding, like most people would assume, the neck actually completely comes off and it's got... Scott, how did they say they put it? It was like a clamp, I think is what you mentioned. Uh, they call it the clip joint neck connector system. Yeah, so I don't exactly fully understand what that is, but it like ties in with uh, thumb screws. Like they really don't show you the clipping system at all. Other than there's, <laughs> they I mean, have a... They, there's a lot. I have questions about this. Um, so we saw the Sierra or Sierra guitar, um, that's C I R A, uh, at NAM, and we actually put the video up. We had the little like boomerang video or whatever, um, of how it f collapses into itself or like the neck is down and it comes, you know, a small, easy to travel stuff in our setting but like this just seems like so much work like i understand you want to travel with a guitar but i'd rather just go through the hassle of having to put a guitar in a gig bag and put it in overhead deal with this well i so i've actually flown a few times where i just took with a strat where i just took the neck off it and just let both sit in like my carry-on bag and you get you get a little hassle when you're going through security, but like if, if this is screwing, it, you're removing the strings and you're taking the neck off two thumb screws versus four wood screws with a screwdriver is not that much different in labor. If you ask me other than just, you have to carry a screwdriver. Well, uh, are you allowed to take a screwdriver on a plane? Uh, I think so. I don't know. I can't say anything. TSA has taken me into the back room once, so. Um, I mean, I uh, my favorite TSA story is I left my Leatherman in my bag and got caught in the airport on my return flight. So I definitely got, I got there with it and got through O'Hare carrying that knife, which made me feel super safe. <laughs> no, I had, um, I went through... Uh, I flew out of Knoxville, which is like, if you've ever flown in or out of Knoxville, it's the smallest, one of the smallest airports. Like, I got there the first time I flew out of there, like, two hours early. Or, like, it was not like an hour and a half early because I'm like, oh, gosh, I've got to hurry up and I don't want to get stuck. Da, da, da. And the guy's like, no, you're good. You got to go to the other side of the airport. I could see it. He's like, no, it's like right over there, dude. There's, I think there's, like, terminals. <laughs> it's, it's, like, really small. And, uh, oh, you mean like four gates? Yeah. There's okay. four, four gates. I don't know. Because I was going to say like O'Hare is like four or five terminals, and that's like a massive airport. But No, no, no. no. Four or five gates. I think there's like okay. 12 employees. Like 
the I think the pilot had to go and cash someone out at the like little stand. All right, now we got to close up. We're, we're flying out, guys. Let's go. The the they didn't even announce stuff over the speaker. Pilot just turned around and said, "Hey guys, buckle up. We're about to leave." Okay, thanks. Too small airport, but um, I accidentally took one of those. You know that little credit card pocket knives. Oh like, yeah. Yeah, I forgot I had that in my wallet. My grandfather passed away, and I was flying up to Philly, and like I was like, I just like pretty much it was like Friday I found out, or like Thursday I found out he passed away, and then Friday morning I was on an airplane at like five in the morning. So uh, he like took me to the back and I was like already kind of a wreck. They're just like freaking out. She's like, no, no, it's like thousand dollar fine or whatever. And I'm just, she's like, you just gotta pay the fine. I'm like, that's not fine with me. But then while I was in Philly, they sent a letter saying, no, nah, we're just kidding. Charging people with that anymore. So it's kind of a weird thing. Did anything legal cap, anything legal happen to you, Scott? With like the, having the knife? Uh, no, you just throw it away. Like, that's bullcrap. Knoxville had me, like, freaking out. Like, like I was waiting for a guy in, like, a black suit to be like, all right, come on, and, like, put a white glove on, and you just see a tube of lube out. Uh, uh, no, no, like, I mean, I get, I get pulled aside by security whenever I travel with, like, equipment for work. So, like, the microphones I carry sometimes look like a gun, and I always carry them on because I don't want my... Mike's going through United's baggage claim. Oh, I thought maybe uh, they just had it out for tall people. They're like, no, no, look at that shifty-eyed tall guy right there. No, I mean, get him. Bear, bear in mind, I have pre-check, so I'm going through the expedited security lane. So they generally treat you pretty nicely over there. Uh, but, okay, so getting back on topic, because I have a massive grievance right now. I've watched four videos with the sound off from Stuart Guitars. I've yet to see one of them where they actually break down the neck. That was pretty cool about CR guitars because they're like, no, look, bam. Yeah, you it. don't even have like... to take the strings off. Oh, yeah, finally. I'm on the fifth video. Yeah, it's just two thumb screws. <laughs> That's silly. So like, uh... they, have a, they have a video of how to change the strings, and they're all shot in an iPhone vertical yes. mode in a YouTube video. So it's like two it's thirds. It's just black. Yeah. They hired me. That's actually me. Um, sorry. So I made those for them. <laughs> that was. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, I I'm not nuts about this at especially at the price point because these things start at six hundred eighty and they go to about nine hundred dollars. You have to pay two hundred dollars more for humbuckers. What type of bullcrap is that? I mean. Yeah. Um, the, my other, my other, like, I, I get a bad feeling about this guitar because it, since it's a headless design, so they have the micro tuners, but the micro, they only have the micro tuners and like, yeah. you'll be turning those all day because you actually have to like slack the strings on this thing significantly to get them off, get that neck off. So it's just like, Something about this just doesn't. I give it a solid C plus. It's like you did the you did the project, it's functioning, and that's about it. Yeah, I I would still just do the buy a squire and put locking tuners on it, 
and just take the neck off. So you can de-string and string it very quickly. Yeah. That's what I do. Well, and uh, so FUD's Ferocious week, or well, they've announced it before, but like they're, they're, I guess they're going live with it, the Octave John mods. So Scott, why don't you tell us about that? So yeah, the Octave John is a polyphonic digital fast tracking, tracking Octaver that can be added to effectively any of their effects. Uh, looks like they're they're kind of doing a phase one rollout. So the gray stash, the cattail, the demon, and the demon king um, all have the option right now uh, as of August 11th. So that was yesterday as of recording. So Saturday. Um, those are all now available. I think it's $100 extra on all new orders. Mm -hmm. And you can also send them your your existing models for 125 plus I think plus shipping. Yeah. That's pretty so, cool. I think it's it's pretty cool, especially since Fuzzbrocious is mostly a direct sales model. It lets you like noodle with their stuff and make it what you want. I mean, an Octaver plus a lot of their effects on a boutique basis. At what are, what are the ranges of prices here? It's like two forty five to two sixty. I guess the Demon King is a little more, but um, that's not crazy for a two in one effects pedal. Oh yeah, well, and they they've also got it through some retailers: uh, Russell Music, Chicago Music Exchange, Cosonic, um, Sound Parcel, Music Zoo. So, you, and there's even a ca Canadian store, eh? But um oh yeah, don't you know? Don't you know? Accent <laughs> you shall receive. Okay, can we just like take like a nice five second f moment for X you shall receive the name of a store? That's like that's great. Nice. Wow. It's punny, but um. I, I think it's really cool. So like, and especially because a lot of the people who use Fuzzrocious are like high gain people. Um, they're really big with people who do like doom stuff and like just, they're not doing the light gain. Oh, it sounds super pretty. They're doing the like, we're making some fun noise pedals. Um, so this really, I think, and it, it kind of expands their line too because they've just kind of doubled those the amount of pedals that they're selling with that you know what i'm saying like you got it with or without so they're opening up their uh skews more um but it's it's really cool and a lot of the stuff they do i mean i don't care who you are an octave fun even if you're just at home making some noise it's always a lot of fun Yeah, and it, it's octaves. Sometimes they only work with very specific effects, so it's pretty. Oh, Axon you shall receive actually has KTRs in stock. Well, why don't you pick one? Don't order it because you'll never get it. Um, no, it's in Brantford, Ontario. I might actually order it and deliver it to my office because I'm going to be up there in two weeks in Toronto. Get some get some poutine while you're up there. Oh, I should. Uh, this may happen because this is Canadian dollars too, eh? Uh, <laughs> how how how, ma how many loonies? 
yeah, well, I'm. Oh, it's prices in U.S. dollars. Never mind. Prices more expensive. Whoa! Whoa! Canadian dollar is not strong right now. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, what is what is this like? An economics podcast? Yeah. No, the, Scott's just, just looking up like comparison on money. He's over here just giggling. He's like, <laughs> take that Canada. I, I, well, it, the price jumped a hundred bucks from U.S. to Canadian. So yeah. Um, but you know, if that's in stock, I could totally flip that. Scott, the Canadian pedal smug. <laughs> I mean, no officer. I'm not smuggling pedals across the border. Um, anyway. Do you have to pay like a, like an export tax on it or something? Maybe like for taking it across uh, the border? I could. I would argue it's for work. Can you bring me some good whiskey? That's definitely for work. Uh, I won't be checking a bag. Uh, and I fly through the I fly through the the business airport, not the the big international airport. Do they have like? So there's that duty free there. Do they have legit mounties like you? Like we're walking by and they look like you would expect them to look, or do they look like regular police officers? Uh, RCMP officers are like our version of the their version of the fbi so like they they're around in like a bulletproof vest usually so they're not riding a moose with a red hat no or no no it was a khaki colored hat red jacket ride a moose do you guys remember do south back in the day no but i watched degrassi a couple times okay never mind then uh let's just move on <laughs> it's got out of all, hand. all right so uh this week's topic we're actually uh i guess one of our <laughs> bad habits that we should uh we wish we'd kicked earlier um mine is uh manufacturing methamphetamines uh, to get my cancer treatments um hanging out with my friend jesse Thanks, <laughs> um, i'm just gonna see how long i can go like and then there was Tuco and he was not a nice fellow, um, but uh, yeah, bad habits that we wish we'd kick earlier. Uh, Marissa kind of stated that you know because she's still in the learning phase, um, that it would be something really cool. Give little tips and pointers or stuff like that. So uh, go on the Facebook group. Tell us what you wish you would have stopped doing a lot more time. You like gotten that bad habit so. I'd say one of my biggest like bad habits is um well I'd say one of the things I wish I would have changed early on was not learning more theory or like scales stuff like that different modes um really expanding uh the way I play guitar um because I kind of got into that you know I've played a lot of church music early on so that one four six whatever or one six five four all that heavy delay um i kind of wish i would have expanded more when i was starting early so and i i think a lot of people say that um i think i mentioned before on the podcast that i had a friend ryan miller do like a hundred days of playing he learned new stuff the whole time and now he, he's a phenomenal guitar player he plays a lot of cool jazz everything like that and you know that's kind of something i wish i would have fixed early on and not made a bad habit of staying into the norm the major pentatonic and all that so 
you can definitely get like trapped inside a box with particularly worship music because like a lot of stuff doesn't stray from a major scale yeah completely and like you can be like oh i'm totally content in just this because at that point you know you haven't ever varied beyond it yeah and there's a lot of like the normal stuff that people are used to hearing playing about yourself like um people who don't use their pinky more often um but we were talking about that in the pre-app if you want to go back and listen to uh, really do like the steve ray vaughn style really don't use the pinky too much <coughs> skipping ahead <coughs> i'm not skipping ahead i'm i'm <laughs> diaz is always where he wants to be <laughs> uh i mean so i definitely didn't pick up theory and more earnest until a few years ago when I started getting like Nashville numbers and like just kind of unboxing. Like I just learned like muscle memory scales. I never really learned like what they're doing with each other or like, Oh, I should hop into this shape when I'm at this position in this chord and passing between them. Like I'm still really trying to build and connect like the scales I know and the mode, the, the modes I know into something a little more serious um well a lot of the like i uh, i i know a lot of stuff that i've got to learn what it is you know what i mean so that's like the cage uh the cage system i i knew mm -hmm. what it was and i used it but i didn't know what i was doing um so there's kind of stuff like that too is and like knowing what you're doing is always a great thing and <laughs> not just uh there's our episode title knowing what you're doing always a great thing um yeah like uh trying to figure out putting a name to the meth is always pretty cool too yeah that's a that's a good thing i mean it, it helps so much in communicating too like <laughs> i i always love when like an acoustic guitar player turns around and they're like here's what i'm doing and they just show me capo chords what they're trying to do and then i got to translate it Cause like the sheet music is always wrong, you know, and all that kind of junk. And it's just like, ah, oh, if you could just say I'm playing the three chord, we'd be good, you know, but it just helps you communicate better with musicians when you are all speaking the same language instead of, can't you see what I'm doing? Follow me. I still love my favorite thing will always be, um, whenever I'm trying to tell a drummer what the drum beat in my head sounds like. Oh, do you beatbox it to him? I'm like, no, dude. It's yeah, I want I want to, and he's like, house music? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, that's not it. And then, yeah, trying to explain it's always fun. So, have you ever tooled around with a with an actual drum machine and like or a MIDI sequence and like? No. Actually, we went. Oh, I want on the ones and threes and the twos and fours and on the ands. Like, actually, ever ran, ran through that side of it? No, I haven't. Okay. The more I'm diving into MIDI, the more I'm diving into that particularly. And it's really, now I'm sitting listening to the drummer a lot more than I ever did. Because for a while I was like, oh yeah, they're just playing the rhythm. And I'm like, not like, yeah, that was fun. But I, I wasn't like, like listening and comprehending and unbundling what they're doing. And now that like, I can like think of it in terms of a drum loop and then see what they're doing. Like it's, it's more fun to listen to drums. But 
Oh, while we're on the topic of, of uh, rhythm, why don't we get into my biggest thing I wish I learned or a bad habit I developed was practicing without a metronome. Yeah. I got to like, it was last year I finally started practicing with a metronome again. And like, I was always like, yeah, I don't need it. I don't need it. But like how much being on a fixed rhythm, you, you don't realize when you're like, you're noodling around at home, how much you're speeding up and slowing down in a, in a scale or when you're playing a part or you're, you're, you're working on stuff. Yeah. You don't always realize how much you're like adjusting the rhythm to f- like fit what you feel comfortable playing with. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's always a telltale sign of that beginning guitar player where like they strum, 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 stop change their left hand to the chord they know, keep strum- then start strumming again, and there's, like, those awkward pauses between things. And it's like, dude, you just got to start playing with other people or playing with a metronome where they kind of force you to push through those transitions or to lock in. Yeah. Well, they, I've, got a, I've got a metronome that I've got that I probably don't use as much as I should because it makes me realize how bad my timing can be. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, that's definitely something too. That's really good for beginners starting out with practice with the metronome, um, play along with the song and try to keep up. Uh, that also helps train your ear where you're actually listening to other things. So when there's a lot of people, when they start playing that expect everyone to follow them and they're not listening to the band they're playing with and they're not listening to the drummer. I mean, a lot of people talk about how the bass player and the drummer really listen to listen to each other but you know they fit that pocket by doing that but like every musician has to listen to the drummer that's your metronome yeah i mean the the classic adage is like you start slow and you build up speed and that's another area where the metronome can actually guide your practice a lot so say like you're learning a riff it's 80 beats per minute you know set your metronome at like 40 and work your way through the riff where it's you're slowing down to concentrate on all of it. And then you slowly, you know, add five BPM, add five BPM and Mm. just kind of ramp it up. Well, that's the next thing, you know, you're able to do, you're just able to nail parts. Like I learn parts faster doing it that way than like learning it without a metronome and then trying to throw a metronome into it. So Tascam at one point came out with a uh, CD looking thing that actually was supposed to slow it down without changing the pitch. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people use that practice way. And that's like, uh, I think one of the artists that endorsed it and was on their advertisement was Dave Mustaine mm-hmm. or the guy who was in Megadeth um, that like joined in. He's like, to learn all the parts, I slowed it down and like that. But that's a common practice. Um, even in classical music, you don't start at the, like whenever we used to do, um, I was in band and orchestra um in middle school and all throughout high school and middle school um and that's one thing we did like when when we went to competition we had sight read we'd play it Mm -hmm. up to tempo and figure out where the parts were that were going to be a train wreck you go to those parts and we slowed down the tempo and Mm -hmm. then and then we built the tempo back up so that's a common practice in all not just guitar and all music start slow and work your way up so that's another thing that um people should really try to do and, and it helps break the bad habit of having bad tempo as well because you're you're learning what what tempo feels like like there's a lot of um people who lead the or who are you know who lead the orchestra the conductors 
um, that don't need a metronome. They just know what tempo is. They've been doing it for so long. They've memorized how fast the tempo is. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they have gauges. <laughs> Not all those guys are terribly perfect either. But uh, oh, I no, mean, no, no, we no, also we, we live in an age of smartphones, so everyone pretty much there are free metronome apps you know there's no excuse not to have one at this point and like you know you're you're talking about that task cam product that used to be there too you could you could put a cd in you could speed it up and slow it down but nowadays you can get there there's a free version of ableton live i think it's live light where you as as long as you disable the save feature you can you can still open it and edit stuff and it's free and in that you can do time warping and scaling of like audio files without much correction. So it, you know, there are tools out there still. Oh, that's for or sure. There are tools on, out there. Hop on YouTube and hit the little gear thing and play it at 50% speed and then slowly ramp it up. But I don't know how good their pitch bending is. Chris, do you have any, uh, bad habits that you would like to pick um i definitely need to actually like sit down and learn scales because i never actually learned them like at all like what do they call it the e blues minor whatever like the like most basic scale that's the only thing i know <laughs> yeah but, but um another one that y'all mentioned was the thing i've Oddly enough, like I use my pinky more when I play bass than I actually do playing guitar. Why is that? I have no idea. I don't know if it's just because I'm trying to actually like what would be a stretch between my like first and third finger is now having to actually be my first and fourth. If that's like what it's coming down to, or if it's just I somehow have a better technique on bass than I do guitar. <laughs> that seems like that would be a very weird thing to have. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I think there's a lot of like common stuff you can find um, that are things that you would want to break the habit early. Um, I did. I get really bad about um, my bending technique sometimes. Um, that's a good thing to practice as well, bending and hearing pitch, um, practicing with a, a tuner, stuff like that. Um, and, and another uh, thing that I learned later on that I wish I would have learned uh, earlier on is uh, like when you, when it comes to bending technique is definitely when you hit the, when you get to write about the note you're gonna hit, to add some vibrato on it um that's uh i was reading an article and they said that's where slash really excels is his technique um and that's another thing i guess one of the things is definitely learning um techniques that will help improve your sound all but you've got certain techniques that are just <sighs> something you want to stay away from um, like uh, strumming patterns uh, is something that good thing to learn early on. Uh, a tough thing to, that I see a lot of new players doing is nothing but downstrokes. 
Um, learning how to do an even downstroke and upstroke uh, is something to practice early on as well. So it's funny for me now because, like, I've for the most part moved away from playing acoustic guitar a lot. And so now when I'm playing electric guitar, I'm doing lead lines and stuff like that mostly. I'm like creating like atmospheric pads and things like that. And then when it comes time to strum, I don't really follow much of a strumming pattern because like that would be too much to do yeah and so like i'm only when i do strum it's either like a brush stroke and sustain it or like just down strokes and i'm like this probably looks not technical like if anyone was actually like grading how i play the um, only, there's a few songs that like you have to play nothing but down strokes because just the yeah. way that it sounds um we were talking about uh, Smashing Pumpkin at one point, like Disarm. That's the song you've got to play nothing but downstrokes. Well, just because... what, I think that's part of the reason why it's such a, like, that's a song people learn pretty early on. Um, it's accessible in that way. Yeah, very much so. Diaz, you threw out one when we were talking in the pre-ep that I think is something I still definitely struggle with because it's, very easily distracting which is the don't practice with effects on oh yeah um thanks for reminding me um so one of the things that like i was talking about um is playing with effects and having them so thick that it covers up what you're actually playing so kind of like you've got your dry and your wet um i think the best way to to explain it is kind of like um there's a video that has a lady singing and you see the engineer she's at a studio and the engineer is like pushing a bunch of buttons and it sounds amazing but it pans <laughs> over and it's her actually singing and it's god awful and i um yeah. and i feel that's like what we do as guitar players sometimes um every once in a while i like to uh i'll run whatever i'm playing um i'll split it and I'll hear a dry and I'll listen to it to hear what I actually sound like when I'm playing and, and what my guitar is actually sounding like. And if you can make that part of your playing sound better, just the dry part without any effects, um, almost before the amp as well, then it'll make your overall playing sound better. Um, Cause we do the things we do the U2 stuff and where we're adding, we've got 50 million Delay, so you're running dual delays, dual reverbs, phaser if you're me, stuff like this, and it helps cover a multitude of bad things. It's like putting lipstick on a pig, but in the end, it's still a pig. And you can really have just a bad sound. Um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, tones in the fingers, stuff like that. But your tone really does start with your dry signal, no matter what aspect you're really pinpointing with your listening. If it's your strumming, um, if you're if you're strumming hard, if you got like a if you're digging in too much into the string, and it just sounds bad, um, that can be that's affecting all the way to the end of your sound. And you can always sound better. That's the way your dry signal sounds. You can always mm -hmm. go better from there. So that's another thing that I always um, when I learn new parts, I actually I just I usually learn them either on an unplugged electric or on my acoustic guitar. So that way I can hear what it's going to sound, what the bass is supposed to sound like, or I start adding effects and everything. And if I, 
and I try to make it sound good there before I start adding the effects and everything else. So yeah, like I make a real big point that like I don't practice with my compressor on, for example, because I use my compressor to kind of smooth out my playing style and make it just more suitable for playing in a live environment. So like I want to develop good picking technique on my own. So not be not relying on a compressor is a good way to actually like actually work on the way you play. Um, Diaz, you hit on the the classic phrase that tone is in your fingers thing that everyone always throws out. And while yes, tone is developed by how you're playing and in your hands, I would not say, I think people interpret that phrase to say like, Oh, well I wasn't born with Stevie Ray Vaughan's hands. So therefore I can never sound like him. You know, I, I think there's like that, that's the whole, like the illusion of what talent is as well, where like people are like, Oh, well he's just naturally talented that, and I'm not. And so therefore I'm never going to be that good. The it, Tone is in the, your technique. It's not in your, it's not in your fingers. It's yeah, that's in, true. Like, developing good practices and and putting that time and that effort into things it's it, i the whole 10,000 hours till you're a master at things is not entirely true but it it does hint at that that the, the key to being great at something is practicing and putting well, that time in and those reps and i i also want to say so we're talking about practicing and also so one of the phrases um going through band and everything you hear practice makes perfect which is not true practicing wrong it's not going to be perfect Mm -hmm. perfect practice makes perfect is what you want to really strive for um don't practice it wrong and accept try to fix it early on because you're going to develop bad habits and you're going to develop bad technique and stuff like that and the whole tone where your tone comes from is a million different variables um because if you think about it, your pickups are a big part of it because, you know, that's what you're hearing is uh, what the magnets and the pickups are picking up and sending out to your amp, which translates. Out. Like, it, it's a million different things. But one of the big things that you have to remember starting off that your the way you play, and like Scott said, your technique, that's the basis of your tone. Because I can change my technique and change the way I sound. I've you've yeah. learned I've learned multiple different techniques to do the same thing. I can do the same. It's like it's like learning different languages. I can play the same thing, the same notes in the same time, but with different techniques. So one of the techniques we talked about was the Stevie Vaughan technique. Stevie Vaughan has a real heavy downstroke, and then he comes up with an upstroke, but it's got a unch, 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 unch rhythm to it, and I can play that, and I could. But it it's the way, it's the technique where you know it's digging in really hard going in your downstroke, and then your upstroke is a little bit lighter coming out of it, and it's got that feel to it. So that's another thing is is that whenever you're starting out, learn different techniques, but the ones you do try to, you always want to do it well. Don't, don't the half butt thing you do comes a guitar because that's going to show up in your playing so that's like when it comes mm-hmm. to fast um like fast scales i didn't learn them and it shows in my playing when i try to play a style that requires that if that makes sense at all or if i'm just rambling 
Yeah, I mean, that goes back to the practice with the metronome thing. Start at 60 beats per minute with a scale and like just dog slow and yeah. really just work until you get it perfect and then bump it up and then bump it up and bump it up. I do that. I, I'll do a practice session of that at least once a month. I should do it more. Just to just lock in your left and right hands together. And I go from like 40 beats per minute all the way up to about, I don't know, 220, 240. And like, I'm screaming up and down the neck at that point. I just increased my ability to play faster by correcting my technique in that practice method. Um, I mean, and that will be an hour of just the G major scale. <laughs> like you, you want to watch TV or something while you're doing it. Cause you'll be bored to death, but you know, it's, it's using that time to really lock in and, and get yourself tuned up again. Oh, another uh, good practice warming up. So I think, um, we're mm, actually going to stretch. I, yeah. Stretch. Um, be careful. You're, you've only got two hands. Um, take care of them. Uh, I'm going to be 30 this year and I've already got, well, I've, I've got some health problems when it comes to my muscles, but my, uh, left wrist is starting to feel, I've got, uh, um, early signs of, uh, carpal tunnel syndrome. Um, oh man. And, uh, it's one of those things where, um, I'm very careful. I make sure I warm up before I play for long periods of time. Um, I don't just go gunning out of the gate. I make sure that everything's ready to go. So take care of your body too. Um, the, you see, uh, there's the instruments where you can, uh, or not the instruments, but the, the tools, the exercise tools for your hand. Um, they look goofy and everything, but they actually, you know, you're, you've got muscles, you build muscle by exercising them. Um, that's something that's definitely you should look into. I actually saw one that has a specific spot for the pinky to make sure you're, you can stretch out your pinky and exercise it farther out. Um, I saw that on Amazon today. I was looking around. Um, so it's pretty cool stuff out there, but, uh, I think we can all agree mostly learning good technique early, taking care of everything and not learning bad and not and avoiding bad habits early on can really guide you into being a great player. Can I offer one that we didn't have on the list as we kind of wrap this no, up? No, no. Stick to the okay. list, Scott. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Just... I made the list, so I should stick to it. Why uh, don't you just go type it really quick? I'm, I'm not paying enough attention to it. Where you... <laughs> <laughs> well, because we, when we were, we were talking about this, Marissa was like, oh, good. I finally get some good advice as I'm, I'm, I'm getting better and, and learning. Um, stand up when you're practicing. Uh. I, like how many of the us are were bedroom players for the longest time and then we went up to like play with a group of people for the first time and suddenly we were like whoa i can't stand up and play guitar or become Pentecostal. how long it took to get that yeah become pentecostal and you'll have to stand six hours and play <laughs> well like now it's second nature to me but like when i took like a few years off of performing mm -hmm. and I was only practicing sitting down at that point. I then stood up and like held the guitar. I'm like, wow, I, I can't play like this anymore. Well, even then your wrist, the way your wrist sets going to be different. Yeah. So like it, you've got to practice. You, you want to practice um, like you're going to play for the most part. Mm -hmm. It's a really good uh, thing. That's like, you get a lot of people who uh, play uh these fast, like sweep picking, all this stuff on the front top of the neck, but then they get and they are standing up, and it's not as easy for them to get up there, and they struggle with it. So, 
So but I think even, we got through the list, oh, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. So go team. Um, yeah, congratulations, guys. Um, okay, participation so, trophies for everybody. Yeah. Uh, so um, one, I, I think. Let's see, thanks for joining us. Yeah, that's where <laughs> we're at. I can read. So uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, go check us out over there and put something nice. Uh, if you want to put something mean, that's fine. Uh, just direct it towards Scott. Um, follow us on Instagram at The Effects Loop. Go to our Facebook group. It's facebook.com slash group slash The Effects Loop. Uh, if you go to our Facebook page, you can follow the link there to the group. Check out our YouTube. Um, if you have any comments, suggestions, or uh, strung together obscenities, you can send them to The Effects Loop at gmail.com. Um, or if you see new products that you want us to talk about on the show, uh, feel free to send them there. Uh, I've been following that method more now lately where I will email what I see while we're making out our set list um, there. So if you're seeing stuff that we're missing and our new sources aren't covering it and you want us to talk about it, send it that way. Yeah. So uh, that'd be really cool, too. Yeah. If you see anything, um, we're not going to do the whole I guess we're going to avoid the posting a thing that. We're recording in three hours. What should we talk about? Um, uh, you can send it to our email and all that. Um, and also one thing that uh, we were kind of talking about was um, keep an eye out. Uh, we're going to launch a Patreon soon. Um, we're still kind of hammering out the details. We're trying to make sure that we do something that's, you know, right for you guys, that works for us. Um and we're not overextending ourselves and over-promising anything like that. So just keep your eye out. Um, and we're going to be launching that in the near future. And, uh, you know, if you have something like a really cool idea, you know, you shoot one of us a message or something or shoot an email um, and we'll take it into consideration. We make no promises, no guarantees. So um, I think that about wraps it up. So uh, for the effects loop, I'm Dia. Stranger. Wait. Oh, no, we want to thank our sponsor, Stringjoy. Oh, my gosh. I almost <laughs> forgot. Our best friends. Um, thanks for thanks to Stringjoy for, you know, sponsoring this episode. Um, check them out, stringjoy.com. Uh, they make excellent strings that are phenomenal to work with the guys, too, because they want to get you the strings that work. Um, and check yeah, and out. if they don't, I mean, if your force order doesn't work, they're they're wide open with returns or they will replace the product with something that does work for you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, jumping in there, it, it's not a big risk. They will make everything right with you and just don't spend 20 emails yelling at them and creating fake problems, you know, have legitimate discussions with them and they will get you set up with what send, you need. Send me 20 emails about a problem you're having and I'll let you know what's up. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't suggest doing that. Emails uh, to Diaz are not safe for children. Uh, not safe for work. They're just not safe and <laughs> not safe in general. Um, that's why just until about a couple of weeks ago, I wasn't allowed to even touch our Gmail account. But um, <laughs> still regretting it. Still, hey, I've been good. <laughs> but um, now, can I do the outro? Am I allowed to do that now? As you wish. For the effects loop, I'm Diaz. I'm Chris. I'm Marissa. And I'm Scott. All right, we'll see you next time, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, all.
strong